Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, I have a quick disclaimer for you here. Even though the person I am speaking with in this podcast is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. So any information that you obtain from this uh, podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only. Any reliance on the information presented in this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at your sole discretion and risk. It is important to note that this is not a replacement for guidance from your own personal physician or coach or psychotherapist or any other competent professional. It is not intended to treat, diagnose any medical condition or concerns. It is for educational purposes only. I highly advise you to speak to your medical professional about this topic if you have further questions. Thank you so much for being a valued listener. This week's iTunes review is brought to you by M.L. Martell. She writes, five stars, Kim is more than just knowledgeable in just health and fitness. She is supportive, reassuring, and on the level. She gives it to you straight, just the way most people need it. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate that review. And you too can review Fit Girl Magic Podcast. Just go to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to this show And just leave me a five-star review. Um, I love them. I take them to heart. I just want to make sure that I'm bringing you the best stuff. So thank you so much for all of you who have left me a review so far. I can't wait to highlight you. All right, Magic Makers. I am just so excited about this episode. And it is because primarily it is right at the time of year when we need to hear this conversation. I'm your host, Kim, and today I have a great guest. Her name is Dr. Janice Lester. This episode is filled with so many great insights for anyone struggling with weight management and considering taking medication, aka Ozempic or any one of those class of drugs as part of their journey. We take a deep dive into the complexities of weight loss and the crucial role that I hammer home to you over and over and over again that habits and mindset play such a substantial role in being successful in this weight loss journey. We talk about building great habits, managing stress, and your sleep as being the primary primary focus when you really want to have effective weight loss, including doing it on said medications. Dr. Denise sheds light on so many of the misconceptions, the outright lies, the outright misconstrued things about Ozempic and the other GLP-1 inhibitors. In fact, what the hell does GLP-1 actually mean and what does it do in our bodies? What does it have impact on diabetes, PCOS, weight loss, the long-term use of said medications, thyroid cancer, all of these other concerns, we talk about it. We talk in depth about these products as well as She runs her own practice and her practice revolves primarily around the importance of nutrition outside of drugs, increasing your protein intake, fiber, hydration, all the things. She's all about creating this individualized plan to factor in all of the metabolic needs that you might have. Ah, it's just such a fabulous conversation. So grab your headphones. Let's just break down the myths you might've heard understand these medications and how can we really revolutionize our approach to fitness and health. So Dr. Lester does such a great job. I would love for you to have a listen and then ask any questions that you might have. I've listed her contact information in the show notes. Enjoy magic makers. 
Magic makers. I am. I can't even imagine how excited I am today. You know, I made another list of people that I wanted to talk to in 2024. And this woman just, uh, uh, I got an email right for Christmas. And then here she is right after Christmas. And I'm so excited because the perfect time of year to speak with Dr. Janice Laster. She is all about talking about Ozempic, all of the other GLP uh, inhibitors and what the hell are they? Why? What's that code word I just used? What does it mean? And is it something I should be on, should, shouldn't be on? She is a board certified internal medicine. So she's got some smarts behind her. She does her own practice all about uh, gastroenterology, obesity. So she knows her stuff. And the best thing I like most about her is that it's not about being just a doctor first. She's like, what exactly is causing your problems? And then we can really solve your problems. And I think that's where many traditional doctors skip is that they're like, how do I get you in and out in 15 minutes or less? Where she's like, I'm going to take the time, figure out your stuff so that you don't come back to me. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Janice. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited. This is the perfect time of the year, just like you said. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I'm sure your phone phone's ringing off the hook because everyone woke up on January 1st and said, this is the year. And then, you know, they go hard, whatever they choose to do. And they wake up in February and they're pissed. And they're like, I was sold a, a book of broken dreams and help me. I want to, you know, we, we all do it. And most of the women on my show, they're over 40 and our body, we woke up one day and we're like, what happened? What the hell? <laughs> and it's so what I hear every single day in my practice, 365 days a year, <laughs> for sure. Right. right. So let's just, let's just back up. So, you know, I, I want to feel like probably like three or four years ago, I just started hearing the whisperings of Ozempic. And let's just educate people on what the hell it is. Perfect. I love it. Let's start there. Um, because everybody, you know, it's been medicine that's actually been around for a much longer time, but people just got sort of hip to it recently. Um, and But a medication that's been around for a long time for diabetes um, is, is a GLP-1 agonist. And that is a hormone that comes from our small bowel. We already make the hormone. It's already a hormone that affects your, what's called your arcuate nucleus in your brain that affects your appetite suppressing, um, whether you have suppression or energy expenditure. Um, and that's something we already have. But the difference is what we have in our body now is really, really, really short acting. So it goes away really quickly. They found a way to make this medication to where it's longer active. So that's why you get such great results from it. Now, people, one thing people would say when it initially came out was, oh my God, we can't use this medication. We don't know the long-term effects. And to that, I would say, Kind of big do because this mm -hmm. brand, this medication has been around in another form for ages, for over 20 years, right? For diabetes, but it was um, for daily use. And most patients don't want to inject themselves every right. single day. So that's something that was already around. So we know how the medication works. We know the pros and the cons. Um, so it is a great medication because I have a lot of patients that would come in and say, I've tried everything under the sun. And the thing that I think you know, it's sort of hard for so many people is that they get this backlash and they get told this messaging from their entire lives of, nope, it's just you. You failed. Mm -hmm. You are you're closetly eating. You are not moving enough. And I can tell you, all of my these women that come to see me and men as well, they're not sitting around doing nothing. They're not sitting around and closetly eating a large pizza. Now, granted, most people in this country don't understand actual good nutrition because we're mm -hmm. not taught. However, these people that are really trying, these people that are going to the gym twice a day, they're doing two, they are doing these fad diets, they are starving themselves, they are doing everything that these magazines and social media influencers are telling them to do, right? It's mm -hmm. not working. Um, and so there have been other medications that have been on the market as well. So, and I always tell patients, there's that Ozempic is not the only thing that's out there. That's the medication that's approved for diabetes and its sister medication is Wagovi, which right. is officially approved for weight loss. And so that I first I break down that little stigma because everybody's like, oh, my God, if you take Ozempic and you don't have diabetes, the world is going to be over and you're going to die. Right. Right. I'm like, no, they're the same medication, people. The only difference is what they're indicated for. That's one difference. The difference is the dosing they come in. Another difference is whether your insurance is going to cover it. Most insurances will cover Ozempic for diabetes, but will not cover Wagovi for weight management, which is a whole nother thing that yeah. I am on the heel 
arguing about all the time. So um, that's a whole other bag of worms. Hey, magic makers, are you ready to lose that belly fat and finally reclaim your health? Well, I have something that you might like. I call it the belly fat code. It is my game changing program designed for women like you who are done with dieting and ready to live a life without worrying about the good food, bad food list. Imagine a life where you feel absolutely in control of your body and your food choices without the constant pressure to diet. You're no longer on that struggle bus. You're saying hello to a less frustrated, happier, healthier life minus the belly fat. So if you are nodding along right now, I got you. The belly fat code is for you if you are done chasing a diet. If you are ready to change your health and banish that belly fat for good, the belly fat code is tailor-made for women just like you who are ready to transform their lives and wave, wave goodbye to that stubborn belly fat once and for all. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you deserve to live your life to the fullest without diet restrictions and overtraining holding you back. It's time to stop being a Debbie dieter and finally start to get your confidence back so you're no longer second guessing every little thing you put in your mouth. Or if you're someone who knows what to do, but your body hasn't changed in years, I found your solution. Don't wait any longer, ladies. Hop on this opportunity to hop on the belly fat code waitlist. It's coming later this year. You will say hello to a new life where you feel in charge and belly fat is a distant memory. So what are you waiting for? Let's do this together. The waitlist link is up in the show notes. Do me a favor, click on it, and you will be the first person to know when I start to open the doors for the belly fat code. Have a fabulous day. So yeah, that's the the skinny on the the medication. Great medication should be seen by a physician. It right. is not magical. There mm-hmm. are a lot of contraindications and sort of both relative and absolute contraindications that you wouldn't want to give these to certain people. Um, and that's why you see all these other sort of horror stories online when people are saying, "Oh my God, this medication!" You know, all of these things that my patients send me, and it's like, "What about this?" Um, But that's why we talk about them in detail, because you should be seen by a physician. There are certain reasons why you should not be on the medication. And the goal, like I tell patients, is not necessarily to get to the highest dose either, um, because we're watching everything sort of as we go. And you got to make dietary changes and and move as well. And these are things that prevent some of that stuff that we see um, as sort of side effects and adverse events online. Right. So, you know, so we talked about Ozempic, we talked about Wagovi. In my mind, it, it's kind of like, um, I'm going to dumb it down. It's kind of like if I go into the cold and flu aisle, yep. Sudafed, Actifed, Claritin, um, Allegra, all the same category. So I tell people we, Tylenol and acetaminophen, same thing. Right. So when we talk about Ozempic, we talk about Wagovi, we talk about the, the Z1 that just came out. They're all basically the same category of drug. Well, the Z1 that just came out, that's ZetBound. That was a little bit different. So Manjaro is the initial one that came out in ZetBound. The Manjaro is for diabetes. ZetBound is for weight management. Mm-hmm. That one is a GLP-1 and a GIP agonist. So it's okay. two hormones that's affected there. That one's a little gotcha. bit different than Wagovi, but it works in a similar way. Right. But for most of the ones that are the GLP-1, that regardless of the brand name, it's the same product. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So- so, so folks, if you're straight, basically, there are plenty of physicians out there that have, there's a medication that is prescribed or was deemed for one particular diagnosis, and they notice side effects or in a positive way. And so I can, as a physician, off brand, use it for another uh diagnosis. And many physicians do that for a variety of different drugs. So that's exactly that's exactly what Ozempic is or G- the GLP drugs are for. So if you went to your doctor and you have diabetes and they're like, hey, here you go, Ozempic. But if you're someone who is pre- presenting with maybe pre-diabetes, PCOS or other diabetic-ish type uh, symptoms, um, stubborn weight loss, or what have you, your doctor might work with you to add this in, in addition to what I love, what Dr. G said, a healthy overall diet with movement. You're never going <laughs> to escape hearing movement and diet. You're, you're never going to hear, escape never. hearing that, right? The nope. day someone Sleep, tells you, water, oh, oh. 
less stress. Like you're never going to hear us. That is what we harp on every yeah. day. You, you got to sleep, people. You got to drink water. These are things we can't avoid. No, and it's most people don't get enough sleep and they don't no, drink water. They don't. Oh. And, and they don't. I, poop. Oh, my gosh. Oh my God, we just we just fell in love right here on the podcast. So did anyone feel see the hearts coming out of our eyes? We just fell in love. Uh, so all right, so here I am. I go to my doctor. I'm like, I've done everything. I can't lose weight. So I get on Ozempic. I get on whatever. The scale goes down, but my body composition doesn't change. And I feel that most of the women I know who come to me and probably come to your in your office, they want to look in, in the mirror, exactly. and or or both. Okay, let's let's make it honest. Like I want I want I want it all. I want to look in the mirror and I will look on the scale and I want to look amazing. Yep. And what I've seen from the GLP products is that that scale will go down like nobody's business, but the body composition doesn't change. And that is when these medications are done wrong, um, in my opinion. In my practice, I we talk to, first of all, I typically for most patients, I'm not starting them when they first come in. We are right. making all these changes first, right? A, because there's certain things that if I don't fix your chronic constipation, your bloating, your baseline nausea, mm. your these are things that are going to be made worse by this medication. So first and foremost, physicians have to know how the medication works and the yes. mechanism of action. If you don't yes. understand that, then patients are going to feel like crap. Second thing is it is making sure patients know how to eat. A lot of my women don't eat enough. Yes. Uh, they're skipping meals. There's all of their calories are coming from snacking. They're not getting enough fiber. They're not getting near enough protein. Nope. And we talk about sort of, I have like fancy machines to tell me to cheat a little bit, to tell me what's called an in-body machine to tell yep. patients like what their basal metabolic rate, skeletal muscle mass and visceral fat. So I don't have to guess, right? You go to a right. trainer and they tell women, oh, just eat 1500 calories a day. I'm going to tell you newsflash, a lot of my women's basal metabolic rate are way lower than 1500, right? Right. So working within that and me giving them a detailed plan to show them how to get enough protein. So the nerdy thing for is one to 1.5 mix per kg. None of my patients are going home to do that. So right. They're job, not like, hang on, let me calculate that in the car yeah. ride home. <laughs> it's too much work. And then I don't want them to do that work. I don't want you to stress over that. Right. So me telling you, this is what I want you to eat. This is what I want you to do. This is how much water, so much I want you to sleep over the next couple of weeks. And most of the time they come back in, they are like, Oh my God, a new First woman. Of all, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> they think, I went to this woman for weight loss and she mm -hmm. told me to eat more. She's crazy. Awesome. And so they all say it. So I'm like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I know you're going to talk about me to your friends, but I promise you, just, just trust me on this one. They come back in there like, how on earth have I lost two pounds in the last two weeks by just eating more and doing these couple little things you told me to do? And I'm like, yes, and we're just starting just to show yeah. you that you can do this. It's possible, I promise, but you've got to be able to do it the right way because right. you've got to be able to sustain it. Ozempic, or you're like I tell them, or you will lose the weight and you will hate how you look. And it will be your mental health still hasn't improved because you're still not happy with how you look. You're still not right. feeling good. So you got to learn how to eat. You got to get enough protein or you will lose muscle mass and you will not like how that looks. It will look saggy. It won't look great. Um, and so you got to have enough protein and you got to move. You got to tone. And we show people how to do that without it having to feel like you got to go be going CrossFit. People think, oh, my God, if right. I don't go to the gym for two hours and throw tires around, that it's not working out. Oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or the, do or the doubles. Do right. Or the exactly. double. And I'm like, wow, oh my God. I'm like, how, you could cure cancer in the amount of time you're spending at the gym. Exactly. And I, and I love that because it's like. I could take these drugs, but if I'm still not doing the basics, it doesn't matter how how high the dosage, how low the dosage, I'm yes, still not going to enact the changes that in my mind I want to see. And another thing I'll say is I have also seen patients that have been on these medications prescribed by someone else and they will come to me and say, oh, I've tried all those things. None of those things work for me. Yeah. And and it, you know why it doesn't work for them? Because there no, no one is going through all the other things they need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and so that's the other issue that also makes it hard for as a person who's an advocate who's trying to get medications approved with Congress is wow, like if you have these stories out there, then it's going to sort of make it more difficult for us to get insurance right. to cover some of the things. It's because we're not, we're just sort of throwing it at everybody thinking, all right, it'll work for everybody. And it doesn't. It's not, you have to think about how the medication works and how it's going to work for this patient. So as I yeah. you, there's more than one medication out there. Just because that worked for your friend doesn't mean that's going to be the perfect mm. thing for you. That's, that's my job to assess, right? 
No, um, it's true because we all go to a cocktail party, right? Yeah. And Sharon is doing keto and Lucy's doing this. And then, you know, you do all the things or a bit of everything and you wonder why it's not working mm-hmm. where, you know, I remember my very first uh, fitness coach, she said, you got to pick one horse, pick one that. horse. And she said, because it's so easy for me to take a little bit from you, a little bit from me, a little bit from here, try to put it together. And I don't know shit and try to put it together and wonder why it's not working. And still, then like you take in more information and try to put it all together versus pick a horse, pick an expert, you know, pick, you know, a, a, a doctor who this is what they do, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you do this for a living, you see these like Ozempic cards that just pop up in like these little storefronts everywhere or, you know, scrolling through the socials and you're just like, for the love of God, how can yes. someone who could give me Botox, how can you give me Ozempic too? Exactly. I'm not, you don't want me to give you Botox. I promise you, you don't. Like it's, that would be horrible. You would look crazy. Um, I would not do that to anyone either. So it's really I think the problem is, and everybody just thinks, oh, it's just as simple as doing this. And it's just not. And that's that's where, the, and that's the other issues that, that people keep saying, oh, well, when I stop the medication, I regain the weight. And I'm like, well, it's also because we haven't changed anything here. There's no, right. nothing in the mind. We've changed zero habits, nothing. Uh, we've not taught you anything about right. how you should be eating. So yeah, if you were going from, and I always pick on Chick-fil-A, I'm sorry, from a 12 piece at Chick-fil-A down to, you know, a six while you're on this medication, then yeah, if that's how you're eating. Yeah. You're going to regain right. weight with you get off of this medication. That's how it works. Whereas I've had patients that can successfully come off of medication and not regain weight. Right. But, and like I tell patients, it's everybody, again, everybody is not the same because one thing we don't have is we don't have a magical test to be able, for me to be able to say, you know what, this is the exact reason why you have a difficulty with weight loss. For most patients, you can sort of, you know, you can say, oh, I see it. It's because you're snacking, you're having too much aid, too much processed food. You're not getting enough, blah, 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 blah. You're not moving enough. But for some people, they are doing all of those things and they come to see me. They are doing them, right? And it's really just a matter of them having a super low basal metabolic rate. And sometimes I use a different medication. I don't use one of these GOPs because something that has a low basal metabolic rate, I may need to use a medication that increases that, which is not a GOP. Right. Um, so maybe something like uh, Casimia, which is a fentramine and topramorate medicine, right? So using figuring out those things are really, really, really Im- important. So, and that's the one thing we don't have. We have some data that tells us that we can figure out people's phenotype. Um, and we have to use that to figure out which medications, but that's not quite perfect yet. So I think right. that's the one thing we don't have and why, you know, it's really, it has to be sort of systematic and you have to be customized and really talk to patients. Right. So ladies, let me just boil down what she said. If you do not have good habits before you <laughs> go on said medication, you're probably not going to see the results that you're looking for. So that means sleep stress management, not eating like a bird, not working out 400 times a day, lifting weights. So you have to nail the basics so that when you, you know, if this is a choice that you choose, you're going to see the best results versus getting on it and then being like, what the hell? Getting pissed and then moving Mm -hmm. on to whatever you want or getting on it and being like, well, the scale is dropping like nobody's business, but my body isn't shrinking at all. And Mm -hmm. I know that um, I've seen people, you know, have that conversation. The second thing she said is that if your doctor just jumps to guns and doesn't understand the underlying digestive issues you might be having, yeah, you're going to have those digestive issues that, you know, you see all over the place of people talking about like, I'm pooping myself. I always feel pukey. I always feel bloated because there's something else going on in your gut that these GLPs are aggravating. And making it more like, yeah, pay attention to this problem. Exactly. Exactly. Now, so the so we talked about the second thing I've heard from my ladies is that, you know, okay, I hit menopause. My doctor prescribed this for me because I had this stuff in weight loss. But they're like, how do I know that menopause is over? And I was like, this is not a menopause drug. This is this is apples and oranges here. Hell, yes. it's like apples and steak. Like it's so uh-huh. far, far away from each other. So For this sure. is literally just to help, you know, someone who might need a little push up the weight loss exactly. hill. Exactly. This has nothing to do with menopause. Nothing. 
nope, this is not going to affect your estrogen levels, your progesterone levels. This is a hormonal medication, but it does not affect sex hormones, which is why you have the menopause symptoms. There's other medications that that people could give you for those um, to help you to ease you into it. So you're not feeling miserable with the, you know, and and you're not crazy if you're feeling things like fatigue or palpitations or brain fog or all these things that people like, you know, if you maybe have a male PCP or something and they're like, oh, no, that's not menopause. Yeah, there are. Um, These are all can be associated. So, but yeah, this medication will be helpful for that stubborn weight gain. Because a lot of my, you know, your basal metabolic rate may have dropped. You may not be getting enough sleep because you're tossing and turning because you're hot all night mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, not a medication that's going to necessarily help those. It does help in like my PCOS patients, but it's also because we're making a lot of other changes as well. Right. Now we talked about, you, said, you talked about GLP being a, uh, a natural uh, product that we produce. Is there natural ways other than this drug that I can boost that GLP in my system to make it stay a little bit longer? There have been some, you know, some data, not really a lot of great data, but there have been some trials looking at some some an extract called berry berry to see if that would increase it. But mm-hmm. there are no ways that we have seen that we can naturally increase the half life, which is the problem. It so it goes away so quickly when we eat. Um, that's the why it doesn't this it doesn't work as well for helping with weight loss. So nothing that we have seen that can consistently increase how long this sort of hormone stays around, like besides these medications. Gotcha. And so, you know, we were talking about, you know, most people you hear about the rebound, right? So we, we talked about one of the reasons why is like, as you get onto this product, what are the, your habits beforehand? Now, is this, was this drug meant to be a lifelong drug? You know, kind of like if I am a diabetic and I'm on insulin, I know that for most people, that's a lifelong drug. Are Were these drugs designed to be lifelong drugs or were these drugs designed to be kind of a I'm going to use the word stopgap, but I don't know if that's the right Mm -hmm. word to use. Yeah. And so I'll answer that with yes and no. Um, So the first part of it is um, I'll say the first first thing you said initially was that I tell patients, listen, this also was a medication to be used for a longer term because in the trials, there were 68 weeks of people on this medication. I know people on social media will, you know, it looks like, oh, yeah, they're lost 50 pounds in like two weeks. That's not healthy, not what we're really going for. In the trials, it was a slow increase in these medications. People were on them for up to 68 weeks. So that's the first thing I tell patients. Do not expect overnight. That's right. not the goal. The goal is that you're, the, and the goal is not that you stop eating. That's also mm-hmm. not what we're, the goal is that we're just eating a normal intake and not that you're not overeating. So that's number one. Number two, there are there is some data when they followed some patients that when they got off the medication, they did have some rebound weight regain. But that's something. And so that's the other big, you know, that, you know, people are saying, oh, that's why you shouldn't use them because you're going to regain all the weight back. And I say to that, unnecessarily, the problem is not the medication. The problem is the pathophysiology of obesity, because that happens after we say that happening after bariatric surgery, gastric bypass, gastric sleeve. We can see that happen after bariatric endoscopic procedures, mm. which is the ESG or the gastric balloon. You can see that happening when people yo-yo sort of went throughout their lives, right? That reason that happens is because you have changes in hormone levels like ghrelin and leptin. You also have changes in your basal metabolic rate when you lose weight. And it's called a set point theory. So that is sort of the reason sort of that can happen. But I don't think it is necessary to happen in all, all patients. And I think in many of my patients, the whole the biggest part is and why people follow up for so long is understanding that obesity is a chronic disease. And then the definition is a relapsing recurrent disease state, right? So understanding that if somebody gets off track because life happens, somebody mm-hmm. moves into their house, throw, they start working nights instead of days, they start skipping meals, they're not able to work out. Whatever the thing that happens can throw them off their schedule and they can slowly start to regain, right? Because it's a disease. Um, and so I and some and most a lot of my patients know when they get off of this medication, we are continuing to follow up though. So we are right. so when life changes, we, we follow up every single month. And most pet doctors don't have the cap- capability to do that, right? But since my practice is focused on this is what we focus on, we're able right. to do that. And so when we're able to see, oh, okay, what happened last month? Oh, this happened, you had a death in the family, so now you've been off track. Oh, okay, what are we gonna do to combat that? Oh, you don't, you know, something happened to your stove or you're remodeling your kitchen. Okay, now let's get this meal delivery service that we have picked for you that's also gonna make sure you got enough protein, enough fibers so you can eat throughout the day. So right. I don't think there 
is some data. There is a chance for weight regain. But there's always always a chance of weight regain no matter what you do. So right, right. Um, I think it's, again, the biggest part of it is mindset and mm. changing how patients eat. And we give patients actual, you know, I'm so this is the brand I want you to go and try. These are the, yeah. you know, let's change you that. Let's show you how to read a food label. Let's show you what emulsifier and an additive is. Let's make you think of getting the product that has the highest fiber, the highest protein. Let me show you how to naturally in like use some nerdy stuff like changing your microbiome that I don't you don't recognize I'm doing um, right. getting you to increase fiber because I know from a GI perspective that takes longer to digest and so you're going to feel more full right, so by right. doing small little things having people add cheer or hemp seeds to their oatmeal yeah. or to their yogurt people are like wow you were right I was full for hours I'm like yeah yeah no that's the goal and so little things like that are what help my patients long term because we work on changing what their day to day life is and finding things that are going to fit in their life, too. So I'm not going to tell you to go slave over a stove if you hate cooking. That doesn't make any sense. You don't yes. like it. <laughs> so that's, that's craziness. Right. So I have to give you things that are going to fit into your life. If you have small kids at home or mm -hmm. whatever, you're not making five different meals. So I'm going to show you ways to trick your children into eating a plant-based pasta. And I'm going to tell you which brand to get so they don't notice. Um, and these are things that we're going to talk about. You know, we show, we show our patients how to do. Yeah, you know, and everything you, you just said, I, I think many of us just want to skip past it, right? We want to skip mm -hmm. past the hard part. And yep. the hard part is um, changing our behavior. But everything what you just said was, small things like okay mm -hmm. so this week you're going to add some chia seed to your oatmeal or your salad or whatever it is and they're like chia seeds like i came in here for you to give me this whole you know bible to do this book and then it's like but if you just do this chia seeds you get a win and then next week yeah. we're gonna maybe exactly. add in something else and then add in something else so that these these little steps and i feel that so many people want you to like give them 500 things. And I know uh -huh. when I first started and probably when you first started, you gave them the book. You're like, here's the book, do it. Now see you in two weeks. And they're like, well, I read the ch first chapter and I got uh -huh. bored. And so could you read it for me? Yeah. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to give you you two chapter by chapter, but they're pissed because they still want the whole damn book. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. And I said, you know what I do now? Now I tell them, I say, listen, we're going to give you a bunch of information during this first visit. I'm going to tell you exactly what we're trying to do in this entire sort of time we're together. <clears throat> and then I'm going to break it down. So I'm going to freak you out first and tell you all the stuff we're trying to get to. And then I'm going to say, okay, but over the next two weeks, I don't do want you to do these two things. And then they're like, oh, oh, I could do that because it feels doable. If I'm just saying right. I need to go from drinking zero water a day <laughs> to, you know, 24 to 32 ounces a day just to start, you know, and then people are like, oh, OK, it feels doable. And then I've tricked you over the next couple of months because now we just keep building on that. And that thing becomes a habit. And now and now things that, you know, they they don't feel so overwhelming. Right. Because it's like, you know, you're you're in this space. So you, you see it, too. Like I can go right now on Instagram and I can like find Oh my God, I shouldn't eat meat. Oh my God, I shouldn't have seed oil. Oh my God, I shouldn't. Oh my God, I should oh do my this. Oh my I can find the, the, the do this, don't do that. And it's the same damn thing by 50 different people with really good explanations for why. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I don't like that. Like I said, like, I think I didn't realize how good advice that that was. And this was like 20 years ago, pick a horse, like yes. pick a horse and just ride it and just see what happens. And so when you typically see patients, like how long are you seeing patients for? Maybe you say, you know what, maybe Sharon, you should give Ozempic a try. Yeah. Um, you, you mean how long have yeah. I seen them before so like, I decided? Right. Yeah. So say if I, came, if I came to you today, I'm like, Dr. J, I need to lose some weight. You wouldn't be like, okay, here's Ozempic. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> And so it everybody's so different. And so it depends on where they're starting. Um, if I have a, like I tell my patients, if you, if I talk to you and you're telling me that you already don't eat every day and I say, I want, you're a smart person. I want you to tell me logically, why would I give you medication that's going to make you eat less if you already don't eat? That doesn't work. We've proven that. Right. And they're like, oh, huh. Got it. And so it's, you know, willing that back or it's figuring out what symptoms um, they may have first. And we're dealing with those things first, whether it's, you know, poor sleep or bloating or abdominal pain or con chronic constipation or heartburn or whatever that thing may be. We're working on those sort of things first um, right. to 
you know, to get them there and sort of making sure they're eating multiple meals a day, getting enough fiber, getting enough protein. And so however long that takes um, to mm. get there, and most of the time it's not, it doesn't take too long. But the, the beauty of what happens during that point is they already start to see weight loss. And so I'm giving them confidence because they're like, oh, they're, like, they're ready yeah. to keep going. They're feeling good about themselves. And normally I tell patients, I would like, I prefer to start it once you reach a weight plateau, because I know weight's going to come off when I start to sort of make some of these changes and you start to get excited about it. Um, and so I tell them, you know, it's no rush. The medication isn't going anywhere. It's here. It's, we, we don't we have to rush for it. But when you get a weight plateau, if you're already losing weight, why don't you start a medication? That's the purpose. You, that's why you came to me, right? You wanted to lose weight and feel better. You're feeling better. You're losing weight. We don't need medication yet. But when you hit a weight plateau, and typically that happens because your basal metabolic rate starts to reduce um, and your ghrelin levels start to increase. So there's reasons for that. But my goal is to show patients, listen, you were doing this. The medication is a tool. It's sort of mm. just, it's sort of to, it's to keep pushing you, but you're doing it. You're doing this. And I don't want you to think that, oh my goodness, I can't do it without the medication. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of fun to show them, look, look what you've done. And look, and these are not hard things. My goal is, I tell patients, my goal is not that you're hungry throughout the day. My goal is not that you're feeling deprived. My goal is because if you feel deprived and I tell you, you can't ever have X again, what are you going to want the most? X. X. All the time. <laughs> Even if it's the most healthiest thing on the planet, if you tell them you can never have an apple again, all they're going to yep. see everywhere is apples popping up mm -hmm. in front of their faces. Yep. The funniest thing is I had a patient and I always told them, and you know, and I'm plant-based. So I have patients that go that follow me on social media and they'll say, all right, now doc, don't, don't try to come to me. Don't, plant -based plant -based me. Crap. <laughs> don't do this to me. And I tell them, listen, I am not going to force anything on anybody. I'm going to give the information and you do what you will with it. Right. But if right. you come to me and you say, I have a family history of colon cancer. I don't want to have colon cancer. I have high blood pressure. I no longer want to be on blood pressure medications. I'm going to give you the information. The information right. is processed meats, red meats, and uh, our associate are carcinogenic, right? So we, the World Health Organization has told you that is associated with colon cancer. Everybody will listen to smoking, lung cancer, alcohol, liver cancer, but we just close our eyes and say, oh no, I'm going to ignore the fact that about my bacon, my sausage, my hot dogs, my deli meat, or my red meat, those things being carcinogens. And they're like, what, really? I'm like, mm-hmm. So, and if you're telling me you don't want to have high blood pressure, then we can't eat fried chicken every day, right? So we right. got to think about, we got to think about your goals and what you want. And is it congruent with your lifestyle? And most of our patients are smart people. So after a while, they're like, huh. And I just show them, I give them recipes after every visit. I'm like, you don't have to be completely plant-based, but just, why don't you try these beans? Why don't you try this jackfruit taco? Why don't you try these things? Right. And every time they're like, you know what? I tried your little weird recipe for, they, they throw so much shade, but they're like, I tried your little, they always call it little, um, this or that. And it was actually good. I'm like, mm -hmm, you're welcome. So it's yeah. slowly moving people over and just showing people that things exist. It doesn't, healthy does not have to mean gross. It doesn't have to mean it's it bad. Well, I also feel like, you know, before now, um, this is someone who I, I was vegan for a year. So Trust me. Um, my only downfall was like, you had to cook all the damn time. Um, that is like the only downfall of it um, was that people didn't realize, like, I even think just eating regular healthy overall, that you can add flavor, that you yeah. have to somehow have boiled, bland food. And I'm like, who told you that? Like, where exactly. is, I don't know where this like rule came from, but you can have some flavor in your food. You can have salt for the love of God in your food. Yes. Yes. And it can, you can make anything taste fabulous. Like yes. I, I, and you know, I'm not that person. I'm the one, the one thing I did not like in the whole plant-based world, tofu, I, I couldn't get behind tofu, but there's so many things that you can make taste. And that's fair. Fabulous. Some people don't like the texture. Yeah. It's, I have, I did it all. I did the soft, I did, I did every, every various texture. And I'm like, yeah. That's fair. I'm like, I that tried worked. it. Like all I can yeah. say is like, I kissed the frog. And it just wasn't a prince. So I moved on. Um, but I really liked how, you, you you know, one of the things that I, I like that you talked about is like, you don't have to be plant-based. And I get a lot of that. Like a lot of my women like, well, I got to be plant-based. You can be plantish. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no like. If I can get people to reduce it to reduce you from eating steaks four times a week, I am happy. And there are trials that support that. It helps your microbiome. Right. I'm, you know, I'm like, this is great. If I can, you know, people are like, oh, okay. I'm like, it doesn't have to be all or none. It doesn't. Yes. Yeah. And I feel that you, especially, you know, 
I, my, the women of my, my age, we grew, we're the bleeding edge of diet culture. Diet culture said, here are the rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you're going to die. Uh -huh. And so now like teaching us to unfollow the rules and start to, yes. does this food feel good for me? And it could be the healthiest food on the planet. It, uh, for me, egg whites. If I eat eggs first thing in the morning, I'm hungry all day. Mm -hmm. No one's ever going to, no one's ever going to say egg whites are bad. No one's ever going to say eggs are bad. But for me, if I have them first thing in the morning, I am hungry all damn day. And that's just how my physiology is. There's no ex explanation of it. And I, and you're not crazy because I tell patients, listen, everybody thinks, oh, I, if eggs are so full of protein. And I say, my oatmeal, my overnight oats will smash your eggs in the morning because your two eggs was 12 grams of protein. That's it. Oh, you know, yeah. my my tiny little thing of overnight oats, because I'm not a huge breakfast eater, but I know I have to have something, is 38 grams of protein and 16 grams of fiber. I'm going to be stuffed all day and you're going to be hungry in about an hour and a half. And they were like, oh my God, I tried it. You were right. I'm like, yeah, I know, because it's you're not getting a lot of calories or a lot of protein in that or any fiber. So no, you're not going to be satiated with that at and all. It's, and it's so funny that you say the 12 grams, because like when someone, like I first start working with someone, I, I'm scanning over their food log and they're like, oh, you know, I had two eggs. And I was like, well, I'm like, do you know how many grams of protein or eggs? They're like, oh, a lot. And I was like, yeah, that's about 12 mm -hmm. grams. They always say a lot, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I say a lot. And I'm like, well, that's about 12 grams. So if you really like eggs, which is great, I'm not going to, you know, ran your parade. I'm like, can we bump it up to four or six? And they like, like all of a sudden it was like, I told them to go out and eat a cow. I'm like, no, I'm like, it's only 12 grams. So I'm like, you have to have three or four eggs in there to get to at least 20 ish grams of protein. And you'll I'm be like, nice and I'm full. I'm trying to get you to get like the average person. I don't know. My patients are, are a little bit heavier. So I'm like, if I'm getting you like one, let's say your gang is like 95 grams of protein a day. That's going to be real difficult with your with two little two eggs in the morning, your little 12 grams. Right. You're going to be um, swimming so yeah. upstream all day long to try to play, uh, play catch up. Yep. Yeah. So it is, it's very interesting. So the one other question I got that I, I hadn't heard, but I have heard like, I've heard that it causes people have like stomach issues. But one of the things that people said is sometimes it, these drugs could potentially cause um, uh, paralysis in like your stomach or your in your intestines. So that I saw that study, a lot of my, every patient in the universe sent it to me and I was like, Oh goodness, here we go. Um, but it's, they, that was just a word they used because it was a catchy phrase, right? Paralysis. Oh, yeah. Now, what that, if you read the actual, and I've read the actual article, they put the medical term in there, which is gastroparesis, right? You do not have a paralysis of your stomach. You have a slowed gastric uh, emptying because that is the mechanism. And that's what, that's, the, that's what gastroparesis means, slowed gastric emptying, right? And that's what happens because that's the mechanism of the medication. It's slow. That's the mechanism by which it helps you with feel satiated throughout the day. That's why you eat less because it slows your gastric emptying, which is also why people can have the side effect of constipation and nausea. So because imagine, I tell people, think about the GI tract like a tube, like a long highway. If mm. nothing is moving from below, what's going to happen? You're going to feel, you're not going to feel hungry because everything goes upstream and you're not going to want to eat. Um, and you're going to feel bloated if you continue to eat. And so the more, it's because everything is going in, but nothing is coming out. So gotcha. that, it's not a paralysis. It is a slowed gastric emptying, um, which sometimes can be helped if it can make worse, I'll say, if somebody has started on this medication and they are already have nausea. They already have a slow gastric yeah. emptying. They already have constipation. Um, this is not a great medicine for them unless you, you know, have an understanding of gastroenterology and you treat those things first, but also you can't go up to the higher dose in those patients too. So I have patients that we sort of, you know, have stay at the lower dose. They still are able to eat. They don't have any symptoms, but they're still getting weight loss. So um, that's the other thing. And I had to have this conversation with the pharmaceutical company as well and say, hey, you need to change your messaging and stop telling, you know, physicians that you need to try to go to this higher dose. That's why you're getting so much backlash. I have so many people that would never tolerate the higher doses of these medicines, right. uh, but they're doing great and they're having consistent weight loss and, but they're still eating every day, which is the goal. Right. And so like, I want to go back to the paralysis part. So, you know, mm -hmm. one, we took a medical term and just like we, we bastardized it because it makes mm -hmm. a headline. So that's one. Mm -hmm. uh, two, we what you talked about at the very beginning of this podcast. If I don't understand my gastrointestinal issues, exactly, and I go on this drug, this is just going to exacerbate yep. that problem. So if I'm not pooping, mm -hmm. of course, it's now going to exacerbate the pooping problem. So I'm probably going to feel way more constipated and way more bloated because I've already had the constipation bloating problem. And now it's just going to be like, Hey girl, you definitely got to poop. Yep. 
And it's um, funny because I, when I talk to patients, that's one of the first things we do during their first visits. I, I tell them, listen, these are questions that you're going to be like, why are you asking me this? I'm here for weight loss. And I tell them yes. because all of these things are connected. I promise you they are. So just bear with me. And by the time we get through it, they're like, oh, yeah, I do have this. How did you know? How did you know this? And I'm like, yeah, I can tell by what I see your diet, your recall, eat a lot of processed food, not enough fiber. I can probably guess that you're bloated and you don't poop. You don't mm-hmm. drink enough water, any of these things. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't. I go to the bathroom maybe once a week or whatever. Um, and they're like, yeah, I have chronic abdominal pain. Yeah, I'm like, yep, I'm sure you do. Um, like, so we got to work on that first. Right. <laughs> check, You're like, check, I can check. go through all the, like, oh, you don't poop? Yep. So how does your stomach feel? Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> they're like, really? How did you know that? I'm like, you are every patient. I, she, You're classic. Or, classic. You know, or, you know, I, I had a client who, you know, once you hit, I and I share with this, and you know this too, that once you hit kind of like in your 60s, your gastric fire just slowly starts to bleed away. And I told her, I'm like, hey, your gastric fire is going to bleed away. So you kind of have to really focus in on making sure you're eating foods that really help pull it, pull it up. And she insisted on always having like pasta and just all these like really pasty foods and I was like I'm like you know what like glue looks like and she's like yeah and I'm like I go how can you stir that up and she's like you really can't I'm like that's your stomach right now I'm like so no wonder you can't poop and I was like you already don't have enough acid in there so you're asking it to break up glue and then you wonder why you can't poop and her doctor's like just take colace every day and I'm like oh lord that's not gonna do a thing (laughs) I, I was like I'm like she needs more fiber and less pasta like yeah. fiber help. fiber 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 and water and at least some mirror lads because colace is not going to cut it that's not going to do a thing right and i was like i go I, I hate when doctors are like take a fiber gummy or i'm like food, food no just eat it please food i'm like there's so many fibrous foods out there for the love of god just have some fiber and you'll be a much better person a much happier that's person it. Because these fiber gummies going to make it's most of them will make you bloated. If you don't get like a specific one, you're going to feel bloated. You're going to hate that too. So just eat it. <laughs> or, you t- or you take two and then all of a sudden you go from no grams of fiber to 30 grams of fiber and your, your yep. system's like, what's happening to me right now? Mm-hmm. And you might have yep. some adverse side effects other than bloating that you probably don't mm-hmm. want to share with the public. <laughs> yep. Now I would tell patients that, oh, can I just take them like, you're not going to like it. Just don't do it. Just, I don't need you to go from zero to, you know, a hundred. We're going to slowly increase your diet and fiber. I know the most average American does not get near enough 20 to 25 grams. Nowhere near that. So I'm going to show you how to do that slowly over time. Because if you go crazy, your microbiome is not ready for that situation yet. Um, You are going to feel awful, gassy and terrible. So, right. And so like the the last question I have for you, and, and I, I hear this a lot, it's a, it's a two-parter. So like people say, they talk about, I think we've solved the problem, but I want to like make it like crystal clear. So people say, oh, you lose muscle mass or you get the ozempic face. Ah. And I think okay. we've answered the question in a roundabout way, but if you're not like, weren't fully locked in, you're like, if you don't have enough protein, <laughs> no matter what you do, if you're on these drugs or not, your muscle will start to get flabby mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. not feeding the muscle. Or if I'm not strength training, I'm going to get flabby. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not the drug. It's the exactly the lifestyle pieces outside of the drug. Yep. And like I tell the way I explain to my patients, I'm like, I tell them this you can't blame the medication, right? It's a consequence of you not being given the instruction of what to do alongside uh, it. Yes. The same thing will happen if somebody's had a gastric bypass, the same thing we have if somebody has a gastric yes. sleeve. We don't call it gastric sleeve face or gastric sleeve butt or bariatric, you know, or yes. bypass butt. And I said, so if, and another problem is if you're on these medications and you're not eating enough, you're going to lose excessive fat mass in your face. So yes, the people pay a lot of money to put fat and fillers back in their Mm -hmm. face because we lose it as we age. So if you're not having a well-rounded diet and so you're on one of these fat diets, say, oh, I can't eat any fat or any carbs. Well, we do need some fat every day, right? We, We actually have to eat some fat every day. So if you're not having any fat, you're not having enough calories every day, and you're not getting enough protein, and you're not doing any weight bearing activity, then you are not going to like how you look. You're going to lose fat mass, you're going to lose muscle mass, and you're not going to lose visceral fat, which is what we want to lose, which is the unhealthy one. You're going to lose it right. in the areas around your face where you want it. You're going to think that's why your people's butt sag. And these are things that why we talk about weight bearing activity and toning being super important, but also getting enough protein. 
So it's not the medication. I want to put that, say that again, to be clear. It is not the medication itself doing it. It's a consequence of you, of a couple of things, being on a dose that's too high, not mm. eating enough, not getting enough, not having a well-balanced meals, um, not getting enough protein every day and not having weight-bearing activity. Yeah. And so, all you know, basically all the, all the things that we talk about, and you're right, you know, there are people who have had, you know, the gastric, uh, variety of gastric surgeries. And so I know, I think the first ga- popularity was in the nineties that everyone was getting some type of gastric, whatever. And you're right. You saw it and it was a miracle, right? It was a miracle, but no one again taught them how to eat. So the weight came back on, not in the, you know, poundages that it was that they were but it did came back on because they were cleared mentally but no one taught them portion control no one taught them the habits that got them into the their place in the beginning Mm -hmm. exactly and a lot of patients would say oh i can't eat a whole lot so i'm just going to have a little bit of milkshake Mm -hmm. or i'm just going to have a little bit of x and so these are things they could tolerate without having symptoms Mm -hmm. right so things that weren't causing them to have symptoms because they weren't overeating, but they were not getting well-rounded nutrition. So they weren't getting their protein. They weren't getting their fiber. And hence, they felt horrible. And we ended up seeing a gastroenterologist down the line uh, because they don't feel bad and because they have all of these abdominal symptoms now. It's because of unhealthy weight loss and not feel, and not eating properly. Right. And it was, you know, of course, it was the gastric sleeve, not the habits. Exactly. So exactly. here we are. And here we are back. Fast forward 25 mm-hmm. years. It's it's the GLP products versus my ha- my lifestyle habits. Exactly. Now, and I've heard from some people that it's supposed to suppress your appetite, but some people are like, I still had the same appetite. Like it was never, for many people, it was not an appetite issue. It was the fact that I just couldn't lose the weight. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I, and I do have some patients that are on lower doses that they will say, you know what, I don't, it's not, my appetite is still there. I don't have the cravings or the food noise I used to have. And that mm. is what has been the helpful part. They're able to eat an actual, a normal meal size. And that was what their, their issue was, the food noise or the cravings that they were having. Now they're able to, this medicine helped them to control that a little bit more, but they're losing weight, right? And so that's also what lets us know in sort of this, our world is that there's a little bit of question mark of something else this medication is doing that we don't quite understand. Something in this pathophysiology of the arcuate nucleus, something along that pathway of something else that is also affecting uh, aside from appetite suppressant. Because I have patients that don't necessarily necessarily have a lot of suppressing, but they're still continuing to lose weight. So it tells yeah. us it's doing something else. Um, definitely, I know that patients will report reduced cravings, re- especially cravings of sweets or snacking. Yeah. Um, and that and that idea of just being overly consumed with the idea of food and like constantly thinking about it. Right, right. And so for people who are, um, you know, PCOS and those types of things, is this kind of, you know, because I know typically the drug of choice for PCOS folk is uh, metformin. So is this kind of a alternative to metformin or still kind of go that metformin route first before you move to the GLPs? PCOS is another hard one because it's a syndromic disease that is yeah, not yeah. one size fits all either. And so some people maybe put on metformin, some people may put on birth control, some people may put on spironolactone. Um, and so it really depends on sort of what their symptoms are, which one their gynecologist or their endocrinologist may put them on. So, but I think this medication has been in a couple of trials have been shown, okay, we don't know why it's helping in this population, but it's definitely helping. And we know PCOS had, does have some hormonal imbalances. And so it is definitely helping in those patients as well, especially with the stubborn weight loss, but also it helps with some of the cravings that those patients get too. And a lot of my patients had sensitivities to like sugars and salts, and they would notice that once they cut those things, you know, in their diet, they stopped having the hot flashes. They start having mm. sort of that bloating sensation or those irregular cycles or the Acne was another big thing that patients yeah. would complain about. Um, and the hot flashes for sure. They were like, oh my goodness, I've read, I figured it out. Because so I would say, listen, we're going to try to get real slim first on what we're eating and slowly add things in so we can see what your triggers are because they're different for every PCOS patient. And then we'd figure it out and say, oh man, for me, it's, you know, one of my patients, it was sodium. She had one weekend where she went to a restaurant, had, she goes, I just had one piece of fried catfish and everything else was like, you know, salad and my green. She goes, I thought I was like so proud because I didn't eat all this crap. They gave my notes. I just had like this one little taste. She goes, and I had a headache. 
she goes, and I figured out, you're right, it's the sodium. It mm. was 100%. And she goes, if I make, you know, baked catfish at home, I am fine. But when I had it out and it was breaded, she goes, and I, just like you told me, I know they put way more sodium so it can taste better when you go to restaurants. And she goes, I figured it out. And she goes, and I removed it from what I was cooking at home. And I, that was it. So everybody's a little bit different there. But this one works. It's been shown that it's working pretty well on that patient population for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I've had some folks who are PCOS and they said that they've gotten, finally have gotten more results with the GLPs than they've ever gotten in years and years of being on metformin. And oh yeah, the metformin is not going to do it. Now you may get reduction in symptoms, but you're not going to see weight loss really. Yeah. Um, and so then the last question, and I, I hadn't heard this one before, was thyroid, that um, it can uh, increase thyroid cancer in people with nodules? I had not so, heard that before. Good, good one. So one of the contraindications and what people may hear on those commercials, I hate that they advertise as a patient, oh, but on those commercials, it drives me bonkers. But at the end, people may hear, they say it really, really quickly. They'll say, if you have a family history of medullary thyroid carcinoma. So right. what that is, if somebody in your family has had, it's a rare type of thyroid cancer. Um, but in the rat studies, they show that if this medication would precipitate it in people with that genetic history. And so I always ask my patients, you know, if you have a history of pancreatitis, if you have a history of cholecystitis, which is gallbladder disease, if you have a history of that medullary thyroid carcinoma, in, even in your family, um, or if you have a family history, something called multiple endocrine uh, neoplasia syndrome, yeah, yeah. or I've had some patients that we, that's a contraindication to the medication. You don't use it. Um, or if it's some, I've had one patient that did have nodules and we weren't sure what they were. So we had to get an ultrasound and get them biopsy first to make sure they weren't a, car, a cancer because this medication that we see in rat studies could precipitate it in those populations. If you don't have that history, you don't have any nodules, there's no increased risk. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's funny because as you were talking about the commercials, like, you know, when you do listen to all the, the disclaimer at the, at the end of the commercial, it's like, you know, it's pretty much like if you're bleeding from the eyes, there's something growing out of your ear. It, I mean, it's all of these, like, kind of like this 0. 0.00001 percentile of the people might mm -hmm. ex experience this. But what we've, what I'm just the full circle moment. If I am working with a qualified professional AKA a doctor that's not going to also give me Botox and also give me, you know, give me retinol on the face, someone who understands my full body, then I feel I should be in a safe place. If I'm going the quick route and I'm finding this like person who will just write me a prescription for whatever the hell I want, I assume the risk then. I, I, I assume the rest, like, you know, if I truly want to be on these products, I need to find a doctor who this is what they do. This is their, yeah. their main, this is their jam, not this, this get quick fit, this get rich quick doctor. Who's like, Oh, I can write a prescription for that. Come on in. Exactly. I completely agree. And they, and I, you know, that's the part that, because I love this, I love talking all things nutrition. I love helping patients with this. And I want people to be able to succeed and to stay, to feel healthy, feel good about themselves. That's the best part when somebody comes in and you see them, we take pictures when people come back in, you can see body language change like immensely. They feel better. Um, and that's huge. And so that I, you want people to stay that way. And so I really hate that there are some places, and I think some of them mean well, they think they're helping people. Um, but I think it's it's really harmful if you don't understand, if you don't, and if you don't have the, the facilities to be able to follow them up because side effects yes. can happen. Um, and adverse events can happen. I had a patient that had been on the medication for months and was doing great, had no history of pancreatitis and that stuff. And she out of, out of the blue, had abdominal discomfort. So I had to know that I need to send her to get a CT scan. I need to get light. I need to get all of these other tests to see what else is going on. Is it the medication or is it, a, you know, is it something else? Because just because you're on the medication doesn't mean that you don't have a gallstone that cropped up, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, whatever that thing is, I'm a gastroenterologist. That's my job. I know what gallstones are. I know what those symptoms are. I know what labs I need to get. I know how to work these things up. And I think you have to have an understanding of that, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, and I like that you're like, I look at the full spectrum. You're like, you, you look from, you know, rooter to tutor of like, what's going on with you? And before we jump to this medication, let's make sure we have those habits locked before we use this as an enhancement versus let's just go here and then figure it out. Potentially, if you don't have any symptoms. Exactly. Exactly. 
This has been absolutely fabulous. So, you know, people are listening to this and they're like, she's fabulous. Is there a way for me to work with you without, I believe you're in Atlanta, yes? I'm in Washington, D.C. Oh, you're Washington, D.C. Is there any way for me to work with you outside of Washington, D.C.? Yes, I am licensed in a couple of other states so that I can see patients by telehealth. I do. A lot of patients will come to D.C. for at least the first visit. So they're able to do that in-body test or some patients will do procedures. They may do the gastric balloon or the endoscopic sleeve, depending on where they are in their journey. So they'll come here for that. But then we follow up while patients are away. And I'm licensed in where am I licensed? New York and Maine and Georgia and California, Illinois. And I'm missing Virginia, Maryland. And I think I'm missing some places, but yes, licenses in all of these places. And the initial visit um, is by telehealth. So I'm able to, to see patients. And I'd like to show people how what the practice is like and how it works and make sure it's the right space for them because mm-hmm. this approach isn't for everybody. And every, most right. people may want that quick fix. And I tell them that's great that I, I, I'm not who you want and that's okay. So I like to start off with showing people what I'm about, why I do it. And I show them the data and why I do it this way. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a person, I, I, you know, I'm all for like, show me the roadmap and just say, we're going to break it down because I was a reco- I'm a recovering all or nothing person. And when I first started, you know, working with a doctor similar to you, where she was like, okay, Kim, you got a lot going on. I can't solve it all right now, but this is what we can solve today. And yes. we're going to work on this and we're going to baby step our way Knock through. Knock them down. Right. And, you know, at the time you're like, I want it all. Give it to yeah. me now. And she was like but I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, okay, as much as it pisses me off. <laughs> and I tell them, okay, you're going to hate me for a little bit. And that's okay. You can talk bad about me. I created a whole patient chat line so they can chat with each other. I said, like, you can talk all the noise you would like, go for it. And I was like, it's, I was like, cause they'll, they'll tell me about it later, but they're like, oh yeah, I cursed you out big time after this one. Um, but then after a while, it becomes hilarious because they're like, oh yeah, I know what you're going to say. I, I did this the other day. And I said to myself, you know why I feel like this? I haven't had enough water today. And I had my water and my headache went away. And I said, she's going to be proud of me. So we come full circle. They, they are annoyed with me at first and then, then it's love and hugs. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, and I love that. I, you know, the more people need to know that, like, we just need to slow our asses down and it's, yes. it's, it's going to take more doctors like yourself to just say, it's not this, like, here's your prescription, get out of my face. It's like, I need to invest in understanding all the multi layers. That's your life. I mean, I loved when mm-hmm. you said, you know, you were out of town for five days and you were doing this and you were doing that. Like that's life, you that's know? Life. And it's really easy for us to get sidetracked and then feel guilty because we got sidetracked and not want to tell you that stuff. So I love that you want your your patients to be like, yeah, my life blew up. Yeah, life blows up. And they often don't see it. And I remind them, I'm like, oh, I see that, you know, you just skip past the fact that you're, you just had all of these 13 hour days for your job. You haven't been sleeping. Your kid was in the hospital. You just, and you were helping your dad, you know, who, cause your mom died. Like these are all stressors. You know, stress also increases cortisol levels, which are also leads to weight gain. Like these are all, they're like, oh, you did teach me that. And I'm like, yes, give yourself a little bit of a break. Um, you know, cause we're so hard on ourselves. So oh, hard. ridiculously hard on ourselves. And, you know, you want to be, you know, you're the teacher, if you will. So like, I want to be like, I did my homework and like, you don't want to be like, I did all but five of, and like, you don't want to admit that like you couldn't get it all done. Yeah. That's true. But we're here to cheerlead. I'm here to say, nope, these I'm excited because you did A and B. These are wins. Let's have right, the wins exactly. and let's, let's ignore the rest. The wins are what we are here right. for. So. Or let's say, okay, you didn't get them all done. Talk to me. What's going on? And then it's yeah. like, okay, we, we bit off more than we could chew. All right, let's scale it back and let's see, exactly. you know, find another path for you. Exactly. I absolutely, you know, I love finding like-minded people. And, you know, I just want more of you to realize like what she said, we can't do it all. Like, Take off the damn cape, take off the boots and, and the and the wonder ring and the wonder belt bracelets and just yes. live your life. Um so you can find you can speak find her online. Um I know you're on a bunch of socials. So where can people find you on the socials? Um on Instagram, it's uh, Dr. Janice Laster, Dr. Underscore Janice Laster. Um and so more active there. And the same thing will be on Facebook, Janice Laster MD. Um, and it's far more medical nerdy stuff on Twitter. If that's gut doc 18, if you care about journal articles and that sort of thing. So um, that was, that's the nerdy version. Instagram, we try to be a little bit uh, cooler. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, I, I, I like the balance of the nerd because sometimes I can like completely nerd out. And sometimes I'm like, give it to me, give me the vanilla. I need the vanilla. 
Yeah. I try to keep it vanilla on Instagram and then we do like full on journal articles and like and some of my patients want to see that stuff. So I'm like, oh, great. I can nerd out with you. Wonderful. I will send you these articles to read. And they they love it. because we talk about microbiome. They want to get into the weeds. Yeah. So I'm like, perfect. Let's do it. And it, it, I just had a my doctor expanded her practice. And so I've shipped it to the, the newer guy. And we were talking and I was like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hang on. He goes, I could talk to you at that level. I'm like, I love yeah. it. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> he's like, I'm in. <laughs> this is good. Because he's like, yes. I'm so, you know, like, because you can see the like, how do I explain this? And he's like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, then let's just talk. Oh, it's so much fun. When people, they're like, I hope this isn't too annoying. I'm like, no, I love it. I was like, if you want to hear me go on a tirade about this, this is great. Right. Um, so, yeah. Because I come with, I'm like, here are my questions. And he's like, I love that. I was like, this is like a meeting. Let's go. I love it. My patients come with, they're ready. So I love it. It's amazing. So guys, you know, either here we land, it is a great product. Ozempic is a great product. Bottom line. However, it's the implementation and it's the implementation of anything. Implementation of is keto good or bad? Depends on the implementation. Is whole 30 good or bad? Depends on the implementation. So it's really for you to go to a educated source and get the information based on you, what you need. This is not this quick fix weight loss. If you have not done all the steps, you're gonna be spinning your wheels. You might lose the weight on the scale, but you might get the Ozempic butt or the Ozempic face or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. You gotta do the math. If I'm not pooping, this might make me like feel the symptoms even more. So all the things you read about, all the things you hear about, yeah, that's true, that stuff's true because of the implementation, not because of the drug. And so we have to go back to the source. I got to look at me. I can't outrun me. I cannot run my fork. I cannot run my diet. I cannot run my stress. I cannot run my sleep. I got to do the basics. And many of us don't want to do the basics. And so if you're ready to do the basics, Dr. Janice is here for you. She's here for you all day to help you make this drug work best for you. And if it's not for you, she's going to tell you. She's not going to be like, sure. You're not another number for her. She wants to truly help you. So ladies, enjoy the rest of your day. And I want to thank you so much, Dr. Janice, for your time today. It was amazing. So much fun. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.